What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a Bitch. The good old days of building a career over 30 to 40 years with the same company is long gone. In those days, when you retired, your friends, family, and co-workers would gather around to celebrate your journey and thank you for all of your hard work that you've given over the years. In today's economy, most of us are lucky to spend four or five years with the same company. Our hours are longer. The expectations are higher, but the journey is shorter and the commitment non-existent. We are living in a disposable work economy. Let's talk about this shit. Alrighty, welcome back, happy people, <laughs> to another episode. And uh, in case y'all have been tuning in week after week, and you listened last week, I have an announcement. What's the announcement? I am not pregnant. <laughs> Thank you. I dodged the bullet. <laughs> so now we can uh, now we can have the wine. Now we can have the wine. We were, we're your period was late there for a minute. Shit, I was getting nervous. I was never nervous. You know, it's been thirteen You're like, years. It is what it is. <laughs> that too. But I'm like, look, if I haven't scored in thirteen years, what are the odds that I'm about to score now? But anyway, we appreciate you guys tuning in to listening. Uh, we were going to talk about the disposable workforce Mm -hmm. that is the current work economy there's a lot here there's a lot here so this one could get heavy because especially in uh, the current economy i think just with uh all this covid bullshit and everyone furloughed it's even more sensitive right now but this is not really a a 2020 problem this is not something new this is not new right it's just everything with covid and what's been happening has made it 10 times worse covid is just a lot more noticeable Right. It's kind of like how Trump, people thought racism was over, but Trump just showed that, it, nah, it they, they've been the there. Reality, it, just, yeah. it, just, it, just, it just opened the can of worms to show what was already underneath the hood, dun, right? Dun, dun. Yeah, so COVID didn't cause this. No. Nah. It, it just exposed what already was, where, where society and culture was already going, COVID just exposed it. It is what it is, y'all. Right. So it is what it is. So we're driving down our street, uh-huh. and- we live on uh, on this street called Headquarters in Dallas. And Headquarters, by the name of the street, is where a shit ton of the Fortune 500 companies in Texas have their headquarters. All those big conglomerates. It- J.P. Morgan Chase, uh-huh. Fidelity, all of them. And these buildings are fucking empty. All empty, man. Empty. All empty. Like blocks and rows of buildings. Just freaking empty. And it, it begs the question, where are all the people who work for these people? Where, where are, are the they? people? <laughs> <laughs> They're all gone. They're all gone. And you know we're not paying them nah. while we're closed. Nope. Right? I mean, it's, it's weird. It's, it is like seeing a ghost town and you wonder what's to come uh, in, the, in the next like 2021 or around in the corner on this shit and people kept hoping 2021 things will be different things will be better I keep saying I, but i, I think d- this I don't is the, see it i think this is the end of the beginning it's the new normal this shit's it's, just about to start and 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 
it, it begs the question, because like I said, this has been going on for a while. Like I know, and I've talked about this with you before, um, I, I've always said that I wanted a company that I could become a part of that felt kind of like our relationship, you know, someone I could commit to. Because I, I had no problem, like I dated a lot of guys before I met you and none of them ever felt right until I met you. And I always was kind of looking for that feeling in a job, like a career where you just start and you're like, ah, this is it. This feels right. I can marry this one. You know, I could settle down with this job and have some little work babies. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like something that just it spoke to you on all levels and you could really find your place and build that work family and, you know, see, see that reality and and know that you'd be comfortable doing that job for the next 20, 30 years, but you'd be happy doing it. Yeah. And, and I get it. Like work is always work. There's always going to be days you don't want to go or things that you don't want to do. But if you could find a people and a place that, that felt like that yeah it wouldn't be so miserable it wouldn't be so hard to show up day after day and put in that work if you knew that they had your back if you knew that that they appreciated your efforts that that you were valued and, and you had that tribe and I feel like the whole tribe or family work family it's just become something companies use to manipulate teams it's a buzzword now it's like oh we're your work family and we support you uh, and tell you know we don't and <laughs> then you're out i think every i think you and i are not unique in that desire i think that is what everyone fundamentally wants from their work experience and, and the companies they work for i think though that the current market climate does not ha- allow that and here's what I mean by that. And so let me let me say it this way. And I like analogies. So <laughs> assume. Oh, really? I never knew that about you. Assume that there's a city called Texas, and there are <laughs> ten people who live in Texas. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so ten citizens in Texas who love pies. Okay. Now there's well, there's not- one company called Sarah Bakery that uh-huh. bakes pies. Yeah. How much market share does Sarah Bakery have if you're the only bakery? 100%. 100% market share means that Sarah Bakery can afford to employ more people, can afford to be generous with benefits, can afford to, you know, pay back investors and all the fun stuff that comes with that. Now, Deji and his friends decide that they also want to open up their pie-eating business. So now three more pie-eating businesses come into Texas. So now there's four, all garnering for the market share of 10 people. Mm-hmm. So how much market share do they each have now? Less than two. Yeah. Right? Like 2.5, right? So by virtue of there being more competitors in the market space, I cannot employ more people. Mm-hmm. I cannot be generous with wages. I think a lot of what we see in in what's become a disposable economy is a function of the high. Now, don't get me wrong. Competition is good. We want competition. It's the fucking free market. It's the essence of capitalism. But there comes a tipping point. There comes a point where just one more competitor is not good for the market because who suffers here? It's the workers. It's the people who suffer. 
right? Because at the end of the day, a lot of these companies are still beholden to shareholders. The more market share they lose, the less they can give investors. The more market share they lose, the less mm-hmm. they can pay, the less they can hire. The relationship between employer and employee now becomes very disposable. It so becomes very transactional. I don't transactional. think that's so much the problem because these companies are employing people. We're not talking about the quantity of jobs out there. We're talking about the work environment and culture, the mindset that goes into employing. So I, I get what you're saying, and it's a fair point, but I, I think that even is a little, it's so high level, it's actually irrelevant to the overall problem. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, the real issue is oh, when Oh, I you, can get into the weeds here. I can go lower. I just thought I'd start there. But that that what I'm saying is it it's so high level, it actually doesn't, it's not relevant to the actual So what's the concern. real issue? The real issue is how employers view their employees. How, because because if they're hiring you, if you're getting the job, obviously there's a need. Obviously they can afford you and they need you. The problem is they false. don't care about you. That's false because I think a lot of times we forget that employers and these corporations are in a battle for survival. It is it is dog eat dog kill or be killed. Here's what I mean by that, and I'll use the industry that I'm coming from as kind of the case study. Okay. For this, so I'm I'm coming from the fitness space, and the fitness space is kind of layered in three tiers, mm-hmm. right? Your tier one, tier two, tier three. Your tier one, your low bottom barrel providers. These are the Planet Fitnesses of the world, the Fitness Connections. Any gym you pay less than fifteen bucks a month for, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> tier one, gotcha. and then there's tier two, the mid tier, right? These are the thirty to forty five dollar type gyms. Uh, your Gold's Gym, your LA Fitness, your 24-hour fitness. And then you've got the tier three, right? Your Equinoxes, your, um, you know, the, the 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 nice ones, the country clubs where people go. A lot of the disruption that's happened in the fitness space is in that mid-tier that caters to about 70% of the population, the middle class, uh-huh. right? So, and by disruption, I mean the mirror that Lululemon bought, you know, Peloton. These companies, these innovative companies are pulling market share, Mm -hmm. not so much from the high upper echelon tier three, because those people who can afford a Equinox gym membership are probably the same motherfuckers who can afford a Peloton. They're going to do both. They're not going to choose one. Right. They don't care. The ones at the bottom aren't going to be disrupted the tier they one they can't afford the, the, the guy peloton who was, anyways, right. ten dollars a month <laughs> no you're not selling the peloton to those fuckers yeah so it's so, the middle one so, they get so it. it's the they middle get one it on a okay. payment plan okay. and so now one so now 24-hour fitness la fitness gold's gym these they are brands that are in a battle for survival mm-hmm. because at the end of the day only one it's the, the ring to rule them all. That's where we're at. Only one can survive. So they hire me, theoretically, mm-hmm. not because Kumbaya, we want you here to support our vision or mission or employee engagement. While those things are true, they're hiring me as a gun for hire. We are in a battle to survive and we are paying Mercenaries. you. We are paying you to make sure that we come out on top and relevant and don't go under like the other two. So I think a lot of times employees forget or perception's a bitch. I think employees don't 
realize oftentimes that the business is bring you in is bringing you in as a mercenary. You are a soldier. We are going to war and you are a pure soldier. We're paying you to go kill, kill and drag market share home. <laughs> That's the game. That's the game. And employees, empl- uh, employees get lost in that. Like, oh, I'm just here for a check, like by virtue of having a job. So, I need- so this is what I'm talking about, though, actually, because because you so, you so have employers a- have to if the employee is not getting the dynamic of this relationship, the employer has to pivot. Okay, so this and is a which causes, came first, the chicken or the egg and situation. And we don't know that. So the the employer now has to make this relationship very disposable. No, 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 no. You're, you're again, you're you're putting the cart before the horse here. Now, now she woman's plaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being right. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. The right. audience listening can t- I'm being right. <laughs> they that's can all. decide. Uh, I'm giving you some wisdom here. You might want to sit down and open your ears. Okay. All right, all right. Give us the wisdom, oh wise wife. Okay. So the the point is, like, there's been tons of studies that prove that people are more effective. They are more engaged. They work harder when they know that their job is secure and that they are valued and that they have a purpose. Yeah, these people but, aren't the ones dealing with the fact that some innovative so, company is coming to take your lunch. Hear, hear me out. Hear me okay. out. I understand disruption. I understand. It's kind of like the kids who don't know how I'm, poor. I'm not, you're, you're, but you're talking about two different things right okay. now. Okay. You're talking about the jobs that are getting lost based on, like like you said, the current crisis and competition. I get when you're fa- when a company is facing downsizing and annihilation. annihilation. That is something totally different. And that is not the disposable economy that we are facing. Okay. What we are facing is a lack of, of of desire to really connect, a lack of loyalty, a lack of intent, because we live where there are, people are more educated now than ever before. We have way more people who are willing to work and are qualified to work. The job market is flooded. We have people out there all extremely qualified for the for very few jobs left. You and I were at Walmart the other day and there's fucking one checkout person on the whole store. 20, it's all self-checkout. So they have one person 20, guiding people. 23 checkout lanes. And one person. Lanes. Yep. To monitor them I all. I get it. I How get many it. jobs are gone now, like you said, because of innovation? I get that. But now if that you treat that one person that you have there like they're disposable because you know there's 10 motherfuckers outside ready to take his spot. Mm-hmm. Now you're not treating that person with respect. You're not getting them bought in and saying, hey, you're a great checkout person. You you monitor this line like the shit. Let's get you ready for the next thing. Let's empower you for more. Let's train you up and, and we want you to stay with Walmart and grow with this company and be all you can be. You're not doing that. You don't give a fuck about him because you know that you have 10 more people outside, probably 100 more people outside who'd come stand in line for the same pay and do that dead-end job. There is no investment from companies towards employees anymore. There's no idea that you're actually going to stay and grow and better yourself with a company. It's how much can I get out of you for how long before I discard you and use you up like a husk and move on to the next person. It's a parasitic relationship where yeah. we, we, we just suck everything out, 
use what we need, and then discard them. Uh, one of my my um, previous peers is going through this, and it's it's sad to see. It's sad to watch where this this person has really given so much to the company worked their ass off, invested their own money in it, lost sleepless nights, worked through sick days, gave up holidays. And one slow month, it's like, ah, I don't think you really care. I don't think you're really working hard from this. Maybe we need to put you on on a development plan. There's no loyalty. There's no trust. There's no intent you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's your way of saying you don't agree, though. I don't. You're not wrong. All right. I get the perspective, and and that is that is the that is the popular culture narrative right now, because a lot of the people who got furloughed and fired from the old company. It was a survival used- issue because I do I do agree with you that there are two sides to this, and that's why I said which came first, the chicken or the egg. Both are important. Like the innovation for Walmart create and and all these self checkout lanes and and the innovation, the competition is forcing companies to downsize, is forcing companies to adjust and innovate and have to be ruthless. However, I, I think a lot of the the lack of intent, the lack of integrity from employers also causes employees to check out and now not give their best. So they're not going out and finding the market share. I, they're I not will, being as I, aggressive as they would normally be. I will challenge and say that employees oftentimes are fucking disillusioned and don't realize how incompetent they really are. There's a lot of labor in the market but it's a lot of incompetent but it's a lot of incompetent labor yeah which means these are people who are not not as good as they would like to believe <laughs> that they are and you know what i'm talking about and these are the people who become disenfranchised when they in fact do get let go because well, I mean, they but don't. how can we expect these incompetent workers to become competent when no no one ever slows and, and, down and to teach them hear, hear me I out mean, hear me out hear me out all right. hear me out I like to pride myself on the fact that I, more than most leaders I know, give the time to develop. You're a good mentor. I would agree with that. But the problem that I run into is it's hard to mentor a motherfucker who does not know how dumb he is. (laughs) There comes a point that for my message to get through. It's a skill or a will issue. He first have to admit that he sucks at his job. Right. Mm-hmm. That's one. So these team members come in believing that they that just because we hired you, you've arrived. Like yeah. to them, getting the job is I've arrived. Yeah. Performing. Oh, that's, that's extra. Optional. Yeah. That's optional. You got me here. That's I earned my paycheck. And, yeah. and there's there's this fundamental disconnect. Right. So now when 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 we when we invest the time. We don't see any ROI. There's one or two that end up moving on and moving up. And those ones, just for the sanity of the teacher, are the ones we invest more time into. But I would say, like I said, you are the exception to the rule of, of even investing in those people. Like I, I see this a lot when you have people in these menial labor jobs, these dead-end jobs, where 
they don't give a fuck. And you can see it on their faces. You can see it in their body language. They're defeated. They're depressed just standing there because they know there's nothing after this. They're going to come back tomorrow and do the same bullshit for no appreciation, for no improvement, no investment. I mean, I had employees that looked at me and said, no one ever talked to me like this. No one ever believed in me like this. And they were doing the same. They were amazing workers, but just no one had given them a chance to be more. And yeah, I had some that were incompetent, some that I had to let go because they didn't have the will. Like you have to determine, is this a skill or a will? Like I had one employee wanted to have a day off. I was like, she called in like, oh, I'm not coming in. Why? I don't want to tell you. Okay. That's not, that's not going to fly. Like you, you have to have a reason to call out. You're scheduled for a shift. It's your responsibility. Well, I don't think I should have to tell you. I just don't want to come in. All right. Well, then I'm going to consider this your resignation. Obviously, like it, I, I want to be empathetic. I want to give you the time off if you need it. But you don't just get to decide not to show up to work when you have a responsibility and give no context. And this person had, like didn't understand that she had a responsibility when she was at work. Didn't want to. Didn't want to give effort. Didn't want to engage. She's like, oh, I'm just not a bubbly person, so I don't want to do customer service. You don't have to be bubbly. You have to be engaging. You have to be polite. You have to be nice. And that that's part of a job. So I do understand what you're saying. There's some people who are so dumb or so like incompetent or unwilling to uh, improve. And I'm saying that that that's a representation of a good amount of the workforce. It is. But I think even like that person, it's kind of like how um, uh, abusive people become abusive because they were abused. And sometimes some of these incompetent or disillusioned or unwilling workers, not all of them are are that way just because they're actually that dumb or incompetent or don't give a fuck. They're that way because they've been taught to be that way. Because now, granted, you can't save them all. I get that. You can't save them all. But we can at least try to save the ones we can. We can. So, so when we when we look at. Look, I I think the employees are they are the unwilling casualty of 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 a bigger war going on. Yeah. Right. When you look at even the way the economy is shifting, a lot of these new companies are transferring the risk or capital intensive nature of their business onto the employees. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean. Like Uber, for example, has a market cap of almost $100 billion. I could be slightly off there, but let's just go with that number for round figures. They own no vehicles. Yeah. Okay. There is no, like, there's no capital expenditure, no CapEx on their Mm -hmm. books. Southwest Airlines say they have a market cap of also $100 billion. They own all their planes. They have leases they have to pay. They got to pay that rent. They got to pay. Okay. They So an Uber employee, the Uber workforce, right? That disposable nature of that business. They're holding be, all the risk. Would be yeah. the equivalent of telling a flight attendant to come to work with their own 747 jet. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the Uber employee, the person who drives to Uber has, has to, to own and own maintain car. the vehicle. Right. So mm-hmm. the corporation to survive Market share, because got Uber, you got Lyft. What what are the other ride sharing services we got? We got Grubhub. It's just fucking 
flooded the fucking market to where these companies can't afford to pay a living wage. That was the whole, I think it was Section 22 uh, proposition in California mm-hmm. where they were trying to get Uber to recognize its employees as employees and pay them a decent decent minimum wage yeah. and also give them benefits that are tagged along with employees. And Uber was like, if we did that, we would go bankrupt. We would not be here. Mm-hmm. Right. So the 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 But it's the, also forcing people to work now and and take these jobs because they have no other options because you're you're basically preying on the desperate, the people who have no other options and and they just need something to feel like they're not having to beg on so the what side I'm of the saying street. Is there are two conflicting priorities and there are two groups here. Mm-hmm. There are the people who are running this business, who create the business and are responsible for its survival. And there are the people who just want to pay their rent. Yeah. Okay. Those are two different, like the people who work for me, yeah, they believe in the company, but by and large, they don't care about me and they don't care about the company. They care that their rent gets paid because if the company goes under, the same people who are like, my company don't give a fuck about me. They're not going down with the ship. Guess what they're going to go do? They're going to go find another job because they need rent paid. But it'd be the same people who want to be like, oh, my company don't give a fuck about me. My company don't care about me. What I'm saying is there are two conflicting priorities here. So I always, I do agree that as a business, a business's first priority like, always I love, has to be. I love my be... job. I love my job. And I love the company I work for. But let's let's be clear about something. If if they start if it's if the ship starts to go down, my landlord doesn't care about my faith or belief in my organization. It needs to be mutually beneficial. You need to be however, able to make money guy, and they need to be able to make money. However, the, the 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 guy who owns the company, he would be evicted before he lets go of the company. I will let go of the company before I'm evicted. Two different perspectives. True. Right. So, so I can't now bitch. Business's first priority always has to be the business, the survival of the but, business. But more and more CEOs and and top level executives and the investors are making more and more money. They are keeping a good so chunk of much the, okay. of the capital that they're not leaving the rest. So it's the distribution. It's not the revenue. Most companies that are doing well are doing very well still. Like the economy is still going up. Uh, stocks so are still is, going this up. Is, this is where I say that a lot of this is a reflection on the poor money habits and the bad money money understanding that a lot of people have. And we know this because, yes, you can still gain from the spoils of these organizations. It's called the fucking public markets if you know how to invest, which you get to invest in when you live below your but means. But again, that's putting the risk and the responsibility on the individual when, as a worker, it's like historically, there has been some protection and some oversight and care given Got it. To- unions. Unions. And yeah. a lot of companies are against people union. And we fought union. for a long time to even get to that point because if you go back, you I know, get- several hundred years before that, you have the factories where it was unsafe work and un. And I feel like we are regressing you are to not- that state. You're not wrong. And a lot of these, some of these companies are very good about sharing some of the equity 
right? The market cap because the golden age with, with of, the of middle class of people actually being able to have a full household and kids and and support themselves, like the golden age of of middle class living, was when these unions and these companies were were like that that golden watch era was when these companies were looking out and the more that they've gotten capital intensive on keeping the money in that top 1% of the company and investors and CEOs the more the middle class has shrunk i, the I, more would, I would disagree with that the middle class has shrunk i agree i agree with the middle class shrinking theoretically i don't agree with the with 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 the reasoning as to why so you don't think there's any correlation to the fact that the pyramid has shifted so much where the mass is at the top instead of being distributed down to the bottom. Like I'm not saying a CEO and investors shouldn't make their money back and, and shouldn't make a little bit more for their risk and time and the high level executive thinking. But does it really need to be billions of dollars for them? Sir. And then like, sir, pit, okay. Look at what we make. Uh-huh. Okay. Look at our income. Yeah. You and I live in a fucking one-bedroom apartment at 600 square foot. Yeah, we live well below our means. Okay. No, you're, that's an understatement. Okay. <laughs> we live like three times below I know. our means. Okay. When I look at the money habits of a lot of my peers, this shit is self-inflicted. Okay. Full. Be, be, yes. Because yes and no. because we live in an, we live in an so economy. So we're having to sacrifice. We're sacrificing having a house. We're it sacrificing is, is having always, kids. Having always two cars. Been that There's way. always a choice. No, it's not. No, it's not. Here, let me make this point real quick. There was once upon a time, even in America in the fifties, to where middle class rich was driving a Porsche, rich was driving a Benz, uber rich was driving a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce. Society today, everyone has one. Everyone has a Benz. Everyone has a Porsche. Incomes, like we're all previewed to the same data. What I'm saying is the taste of the American public, their knack for consumption is gone up. The, pro- the problem and the point that I'm making is for you and I, with our education, with our income level and, and what we make and how we make it, we would be considered upper middle class. But we know to save, to retire, to have a secure future. We have to we live have like to college live, kids. Yes. In our very below in our, our mid thirties. But this didn't used to be the case. Used to you could very securely have a house, have a car, have some summer vacations. Now, I'm not saying live lavish, but you could live very well on even a single income if you were that educated upper middle class. The The middle class has shrunk. Like we're, we typically we should be able to live comfortably and, and not have to make these much sacrifices and still be able to retire, still be able to know that we had that that savings. Now we know we don't. That's the difference. We know we have to sacrifice now and give up a lot of our freedoms. What I'm saying is there are market forces and market dynamics that do not allow the reality of the American worker in the 50s and 60s to be relevant today. I True. am saying that the average person the average worker is not previewed 
or maybe if they are, they don't care about these market dynamics. So they're not able to adjust and pivot accordingly. And those people are the ones, look, if, if sometimes you are the victim of ignorance, okay, sometimes that's what life is. And you can't now claim foul play just because you don't have information. You are just the victim of ignorance. There's no one out to get you. There's no one out to fuck you over. So, so I, if, I, if you don't, for example, if you didn't see that the world was shifting to an online economy. Remember when my mom was telling us to go open a brick and mortar store oh, for yeah. our business? Mm-hmm. If we had done that, do you see how fucked we would be? Yeah. We would be fucked because we knew that was bad advice because my mom did not understand how the market has shifted to where no one did a brick and mortar. We Mm -hmm. went out to dinner last night with a couple who was telling us about his sister who owned an online boutique store. She just opened a storefront. She started it like 10 years ago. She opened a storefront. And even the storefront is really just a glorified distribution center. It's a warehouse. She's mostly online. For the online business. But some fucker out there is still thinking, let me go open up a storefront. A retail, yeah. Motherfucker, you deserve to be punished. (laughs) Because you don't, you're not previewed to market forces. I use that as the analogy for the American worker and how much about market dynamics, like the disruption I talked about to the mid-tier fitness category earlier on in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a level of awareness that 99% of my employees have about what we're going through as an organization? No, they just see, oh, they fired me. They let me go. Yeah. They don't want to pay me anymore. They're making all this money. They, I'm like, you're not wrong, but you're also misguided in the assumption you're making. Just as you are unable to empathize with the business's need for survival and to thrive and be here, do not now be mad when the business is unable to empathize with your need to be validated and you know celebrate you 30 years in. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't treat people fairly and s- strive to keep the be- you know our workforce happy. Most organizations, it's all about keeping the best people and you win market share and you beat out the competition by keeping your best people happy. You don't want those fuckers going to go work <laughs> for the same people you're trying to beat in your competition. Yeah. Right. I mean, I but just... make no mistake, a lot of people, a lot of employees don't like you don't know what you don't know most of y'all are fucking misguided fucking confused and don't even know the degree to which you don't even fucking know what's going on i think i need a drink okay (laughs) we'll be right back hey happy people Hope you're enjoying the tipsy, philosophical banter between Daisy and I so far today as we discuss the many ways in which perception is a bitch. We'd like to take this quick break to top off our tequila and remind all y'all bitches that you can submit your questions, comments, or topic ideas to our email P-I-A-B podcast at gmail.com you can also find the links to our piab book merch and instagram in the links attached to this episode all right now that that bullshit's out of the way and we've re-upped on our favorite inhibition lowering 
mind-expanding, and giggle-inducing substances. Let's get back to it. All right, happy people. We're back from break. So... <laughs> Ooh, this one has gone... Hard and deep, hard and deep. Uh, no, so ask you a question. You asked me a question when I won't break. Uh, well, I just, I, I keep feeling like you don't think that this disposable work economy, like everything you said, sounds like you don't either think it's real. I'm on the side of the corporations. Think, yeah, like you don't think it's a real problem. Like you're, you're okay with that. Just fuck them all. Like no. That's not what I'm saying. I see how y'all can think that. <laughs> Perception being a bitch and shit. <laughs> you sound ruthless. No. You're like, fuck them. I'm saying, fuck I, no. Fuck up. <laughs> I'm saying the times we're in are not as obvious. See, I don't think it's a time issue, though. Let me, it's not let me, about let me, let me, this me, moment. I, I me, get that we're in a weird time. Give, give me a second. Okay, give okay. me a second. Give me a second. Sure. Give me a second. If you live through World War Two, but see again, that's a time. Hold on, issue. hear me out. Hear me out. Let me give the example, and okay. you can you can woman explain me all you want. <laughs> it doesn't work the other way. <laughs> if you lived in World War Two, mm-hmm. when there was a there was a there was an evil guy named Hitler trying to take your freedom, even if you did not agree with war, you understood that the times called for a different type of thinking different type of behavior, mm-hmm. different type of understanding. You can't be, an American sacrificed a great deal. Like there were people who wouldn't drive over 30 miles an hour because it weared their tires out more mm-hmm. and they wanted to save the rubber so there was more rubber for production for war tanks, Yeah, right? People had a shared collective reality on what the fuck was going on and mm-hmm. how we were all playing for keeps, all playing for survival. Makes sense. Got it. That, by definition, allowed the United States government, when we had a shared reality, to show the appreciation and care that the American workforce or workers would need. They issued IOU. There's just a lot more care from leadership down when there's a shared reality and a common goal for what we're all trying to achieve here. Right. What I'm saying is we live in an economy right now and a lot of the econ- the economy you're describing, the utopia, the 30 years and and, you know, the, the fancy jackets and, and the gold pendant and the whatever. That's an economy that's a product of post-World War Two Americanism and the American triumph in World War Two. We just took the spoils of war. We won the war and we, we were the beneficiaries of that post-World War II benefit in the economy. Unfortunately, now there is a shift. This is this is like what 60, 70 years post-World War II. People are not understanding how much the economy has changed, what's driving this economy right now, how much of a survival. Like I think we're in in that when a butterfly is going from moth to butterfly, you mean a caterpillar? It's going butter. from whatever, whatever <laughs> that that cocoon phase that mm-hmm. leads to something else. I think that's where we are in this stage of the economy, where it's not quite clear. But 
the consequence of that is corporations and companies trying to survive this all-out war for market share. And a lot of employees don't even understand the game being played or the, or the obvious, what, what to me is an obvious war happening, right? So they're not able to show the right level of expectations to their companies. Like that, that's kind of where my thoughts are at. So I don't agree with the war, but I, but I understand it. And I understand that the kid who goes into the grocery store and saying, why can't I get my candy? Motherfucker, there's a war going on. We're in the middle of goddamn World War II. So when employees are saying, oh, my employer don't like us and, you know, yada, yada. Don't get me wrong. The unions, that's a separate conversation. But I'm like, we're not, that's not where the economy is. Okay, so I think you're you're mixing up two different things. I get wartime. I probably am. I get wartime situations. It's not about war. I'm using that I know, as no, an no, analogy. I'm saying, but that that's that's like a specific time. It's a phase you're going through where drastic situations have to be taken. Drastic measures have to be taken. And I think with COVID and everything, yes, that makes sense. Drastic measures have to be taken. So I'm not upset about the furloughs. I'm not ex- upset about companies having to downsize to do what they have to do to survive. Because it's survival right now is the name of the game. I get it. And the best be stay. The, the best stay. If you were even fur- if they don't, even if they don't, even if a company has to completely like cut everyone to just make it to the other side or shuts down completely, my point is that's the exception to the rule. War is the exception to the rule. What I am talking about is when we were in a time of peace, all COVID did is expose what was already happening. It it accelerated it. It made it happen faster and more obvious. And I'm talking about the overarching just lack of give a fuck that companies have about employees. They don't care. They're almost looking for an opportunity to get rid of you because in the next I, breath I, they I can disagree. get someone next. I disagree, and I think that's a narrative. I think because that's the longer they have you, the more they have to pay you. Because think about that. Like you've gotten. What the fuck does that mean? They're going to pay somebody anyways. No, no, no. But think about it. If, if you're with a company for five years and you've gotten raises every quarter because you've performed to the top of your field, which happened to you, you were one of the highest paid employees at your level at the company you were just with. Because you kept getting promotion after promotion, raise after raise. You can't tell me that as good as you are, they couldn't bring someone in to do basically what you do and pay them half as much. They could. And that wouldn't make sense from the higher up's bottom line. They could, but they wouldn't. They would. They, well, they would. So the gamble, they, the, the, gamble, the gamble they take is that somebody can, in fact, come in. And achieve they the can. and achieve the results that I do for less. They can't at least and, to a on, degree. To on, a degree. To a degree. I'm not right. saying they would perfect and, it the and, way and you do or have could, the impact you do. And if they could, then that's what we call fucking competition. I deserve to be let go. It's you it's, don't like that's it's the thing. Like you Chinese, want people okay. to get better. You want people to grow with a company because now you're undermining yourself. You're having to retrain, and you're doing it for a short. No, term there's benefit. a Chinese worker right now who would do your job for <laughs> half the pay. Fucking for more for less than half the pay, right? 
So unless, I mean, this is an unless, overarching problem. Even when you talk about like companies who take their their factories overseas because they'll do it at a fraction of the price, so they so can increase the, so their the margins over it's here. It's not about increasing margins. That's the word we call it. It's so we can fucking survive. Because it's more expensive to do business, especially if you're doing business in a state that charges you an absorb. Try doing business in California and let me know <laughs> if it's about taking care of your employees or just fucking surviving. Okay, I get it. I mean, there's right. been a mass exodus for businesses out of California and because they when, fucking when, can't when afford employees, the taxes. When employees come to these jobs looking for money and income to pay their rent, they are not given a fuck. They don't have the same level of ownership and buy-in as the operators and people who are trying to create and get these businesses to survive. There's a disconnect in the mindset, and I go back to this between... So I, I think this really could be solved. If you look at a lot of the, those stories where you hear um, in, in previous recessions when family-owned factories were doing bad, they would work together and they'd come together. At, like People always talk about that company family, like we're family here. We, we got each other's backs. But there were these factories that were true, like that that came, it's a myth now there are no families in the workforce. Like you, no one has your back like that. So we can't but be family at work if we're not achieving the overall goal fuck of this the goal, business. Babe. Like the, the goal is Why irrelevant. We, the, yes, it's the goal no, no, no. is all that matters. The, the goal is always the goal. The goal has not changed. What has changed is how we treat our employees. If the they're goal not is achieving the goal, money. the goal no, no, no. is always to produce. It's no, no, always no, no, no. to be that's economically. That's not. That's not it. That's, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me get my money. Is a byproduct. Of a bigger mission. Money is just a scorecard. The goal is not to make money. The goal is to make sure that my organization, my brand, the value that I provide to society, that I'm able to do that 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 years from now. Money just becomes a metric by which we measure that. It's the same answer. It's, it's, that's, you're, 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 Getting lost in the weeds of nuance here, because that's you're saying the same thing. You're just trying that's, to say it pretty to make it sound confusing. My Jesus, <laughs> it's I'm just saying making money, being a brand. Like the point is to exist, to make money, and to be profitable and to have an impact. It's all wrapped up into one. You have to make money to make an impact. You have to be impactful and be a great brand to make money. It's all wrapped up into one. It's a business. I get that's the end goal but you look at a lot of these companies that have made capitalism beautiful and and what they would do in times of strife where, where the owners would come in and say look i'm going to forego my pay or take half of what i usually take and and guys the the, the employees who don't really need the money y'all can give some of your shifts to the ones who do need it more and we'll all work together and come together as a family to make sure no one has to get laid off to make sure everyone is taken care of and i i, I do get that this is utopic and it's it's not always possible, and I'm not saying businesses don't have you, to make no, cutthroat no, no. decisions. You, 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 no, no, you're you're onto something, and you make a valid point. What you, those, those are companies, and that's why they're largely popular today. Companies that have a social mission attached to them. 
you know, the, you know, for every shoe we sell, we will give one shoe to a child in need. Yes. And that's beautiful. You're- the problem is those social companies have now just become a marketing campaign. It's no longer really even about the mission or the intent uh, on, on, a, on a surface level. It's like, oh, we care about hunger. So we build um, a, a bakery over here or a well over there. This is how we garner market share because we build a brand and a moat around that to where our customers perceive us as this benevolent brand. So we garner market share consequentially. Yeah, it's it's just Nike, a marketing scheme. They, they, they all get good at doing it, right? But but when you look at their actions as a company, from the CEO down, how they treat their investors, like tell you should be so, telling so those your are personal investors choices. suck it right now. If, like, look, if I okay. If Deji were a CEO, what was the company recently? Um, I, we were listening to something that was talking about there was a company that actually told their investors that they were not going to pay them out. For for one, Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Yeah, like, Je- Jeff Jeff has looked his investors every quarter and said, "Okay, all these profits we made, it's going back into the business. Y'all ain't getting shit this quarter." I know there was one recently though that so I, usually I, I, does, and they they told their investors to basically it, it, suck it because they AT&T, were going to not pay Disney 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 it was Disney, that was it. It was Disney because they're like, "I'm not paying investors and then laying off employees." That doesn't make sense, and I I respect that. Like, no, 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 no. Disney laid off a shit ton of employees. I know they did, but you can't do one and then do the other. So so if you have to. So lay Disney, off lay Disney off laid off employees, told their investors that they were not going to pay them dividends because they needed that money to reinvest into just fucking surviving exactly. this freaking pandemic. That's my point. A lot of people, a lot of companies would cut employees so that they would have the revenue now to go pay their investors because they want to keep those investors happy. And they want to keep the money at the top. But here's another. My secret. point is, if you if you if you can't afford to pay your workers, you fucking can't afford to pay your investors. You can't double dip. It can't be convenient to cut when you want to cut. One hundred percent. Grant Cardone even did it. He cut forty two employees and he stopped dividend payouts for like three months. What I'm saying is, it's standard practice, though. It it's more standard than you think. The difference is in some businesses are more capital intensive than others. So think about a Disney and think about the capital intensiveness of that business, right? With all the theme parks that they own, with all the the studios and all that shit. Like the money saved from not paying people is probably not enough to cover the leases. You can't I, I get fucking that. right. So Disney taking certain action is not the same thing as like call it um Uber that owns no capital, (laughs) you know, cutting employees like it Mm -hmm. has to be on a case by case basis. And there's nuances to what's the business model? What could bankrupt this business? Don't forget that labor. I've always said this. Anyone who's known me in business can quote me. Labor is to business what cancer is to the human body. The quickest way to end your business is to start hiring people. That is a mindset that most employees don't understand. So when I get hired, I understand that I am a cancer to that business. I am I am trying to heal my way through being here. And I know I probably said that wrong, but no, if you if you come in with the mentality of understanding that look, this company employs 50,000 people who all make 50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And when we and when you look at what the, the the company brings in in revenue, 
ain't enough money to go around. So when my company was furloughing people and I was getting calls, you remember this? From team members going, oh, it's not fair that they have to lay us off and they don't give a fuck about us. I said, let me do some quick basic math for you. (laughs) Okay. The company has 450 locations. Let me just stick with the general managers. There's 450 general managers who make about 80,000 a year, call that average, comes out to about 2,500 per check. Okay. If we do that math across 450 people, we're looking at $3 million a month just in GM labor. Now let's add in the operations managers. Let's add in the sales. Fuck, we're not there yet. Let's add in the sales managers. Let's now add in the frontline team members. We are looking at about $60 million per month just to pay people. How much we got coming in right now? And then crickets, they go silent. I'm like, my point. Labor is to business (laughs) what cancer is to the human body. The quickest way to survive in your business is to cut people. Okay, so again, unfortunately, unfortunately for the people, unfortunately, this is a point we don't understand, especially when you're garnering market share and you you are competing. Some other motherfucker decide to open up a, a pie stand. You are so missing my point. It's not even funny. Your like, point is for the people who stay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking again in, in, in non-war times. Fuck the COVID. Fuck the furlough. Fuck all that shit. That's just situational. That's context. Doesn't matter. Get that out of your mind. Like, I, I am talking about how companies treat their employees in general, in normal days, in, in ge- Last like, I checked, competition is an everyday thing. Fuck uh, COVID. May, may, maybe I'm misguided here. May, uh, may, I, maybe I, somebody going to send us an email. Maybe I, somebody sends us an email and goes, Deji. <laughs> You were so full of shit this entire episode. You don't. I've been you, telling you you're full of shit. You don't understand what I'm saying is from, from the beginning of time of time of business. I'm not talking I, about that. Though. I'm like, a human being. I want to be. We're, we're having two different discussions here. I feel like like I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about competition. I'm not talking about like the outliers of performance and those who are not given their given their all and given their best and and understanding that they have to produce that they have to work and earn their way. What I'm talking about is those top tier people, the people who do give their blood sweat, who are the best of the best, who do work their ass off and the company is profitable and they can't afford to keep them and they they need them and they don't give a fuck because they know everyone is replaceable. You said the top 10 percent will get 90 percent of the work done. I would be in that tier. I know. And I am saying that I still felt as valued as reasonably anyone can be valued they paid me for the service they thanked me i did get affirmation so are we saying that these people do not get zero affirmation i'm i'm saying the way these people are treated and by and large and maybe your situation by by what metric are you are you judging i am saying looking overall looking at the overall job like the fact that most people only stay at a position particular job for five years and i'm saying that's a function of the new world we're in not it's the function of the times 
Like people don't wear plaid shirts anymore. (laughs) (laughs) People don't wear loafers. The times are fucking different. My head hurts. (laughs) I feel like Sarah's trying to get me to a conclusion and I'm just not getting there. I agree with you. I I get the point. I I truly 100% do. But I am saying and I'm not talking about COVID. I'm not I'm not right now I'm off the wartime analogy and COVID point. What I am saying though is a couple things. For one, for one, this 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 need for I get it. You there's only 24 hours in a day. Eight hours of those day are spent at your job. An additional three hours are spent around getting to that job or getting away from that job or surviving at that job, right? Like lunch and all that. So about a third of your life is spent around the work you do. From that perspective, I have to enjoy the people I work with. This has to make sense. I have to feel valued right? Because from a psychological standpoint, it just breeds productivity. You just spend too much time and give too much of your life force to be here. I understand all those things and those things are true and valid. What I am saying is there are other forces that might get in the way of that. That's more a function of good intentions and not anyone trying to be directly malicious at employees or mistreating them. I don't think it's as direct or intentional as it oftentimes seems. I so, don't think so, that it's direct or intentional. So, so what I'm speaking it's, it's, it's to been is a more cultural shift on how people view. Because again, I think and it's I'm a saying that the cultural of shift education of of an inflated market and no, no, not 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 just an inflated market, an entitled market. No, it's not an entitled market. It's not. An Sir, entitled how many market. how many job applications have you had from people? Who, who's so per, like they, they apply for these jobs just because they feel they're entitled to employment. I don't, I don't actually see that a lot. I, okay. I, what I see are people who are, um, are so lost and the job market is so confusing and everyone wants a, like they're, it's just so saturated that they're shooting their shot. Like they're just putting in an application anywhere because they're desperate. I don't see it and as I, entitlement. And I, wish, I see it and as I wish they brought the same desperation they put into trying to get the job into performing when they are at the job. But if they're treated like their contribution doesn't matter and they're not gonna and, and they already have a mindset going in that they're probably not gonna be here for long. Like so I, that's an employee mentality going again, into it's, it's the a job. Mentality, but the mentality is created by the culture, by the environment, but it's reinforced in everyday Babe, I life. left my job after five years as much as they wanted to keep me because the market forces just didn't make sense for me to be there anymore. But I think yours is a unique situation. Anna. I can't be that special. I have to be a reflection of some like group of people. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You're an anomaly. I'm just saying people don't stay 30, 40 years at their jobs anymore. Not because these companies don't want them there. I think there are market forces that just don't allow that reality anymore. I think that's a reality that's not specific to the generation we live in. It's like saying, why don't people just be, why don't, why aren't men 
chivalrous and date the way they used to. Like they, they, the mar- the 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 online swipe left way of dating and apps doesn't allow for that. We are That's in a new a good paradigm. Analogy. So the disposable in a, dating world is 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 another reflection of this disposable world. We just had world. this. We just had this one hour long conversation and just landed on the one analogy that validates the point I'm trying to make. But no, I'm I'm saying I'm saying which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's I don't, it's a disposable economy. It's a, dispo- it's a disposable in, world. In and every we are treating facet. People in, in every facet. Like, get in, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, fuck me good, and get out. Like there think, is think no about, connection. So, like so, no relationship. So, so, so think about twi- so, so, so think about Tinder. Think about Tinder, and I think we're landing on the point now. This is a summation of everything we've talked about. Think about Tinder. In the past, in any given one year, a man will probably find tops three possible dating women to date. You're either gonna meet a woman from work or at the bar or at the. You're gym. talking organically organically okay versus now i can go through a thousand in an hour just on tinder by swiping left no you okay? couldn't roll with me you get the analogy i'm just saying you couldn't because you i'd break your thumb <laughs> get the analogy okay just now, making that clear think about think about pre-linkedin uh-huh. think about pre-indeed you literally had to, to go, go to, in a, to get an application to go to, to an application. Out, Are yeah. you hiring? Talk to somebody. It required work, and now you can just get on a LinkedIn app and just start scrolling, scrolling. Don't want that job. Filling like fifty applications. All these apps. the The nature of the economy is a disposable economy. Right. That's where technology is. Instant reward. Instant. Instant consequence. Thank you. It does not allow for the deep, meaningful relationships that people are able to build. And by definition, we are now the product of this new world we're in. It's not because employers are malicious. It's not team members. Not like no one stays at their job anymore because I can get on LinkedIn and find something better that pays better. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm out. I mean, I think a lot, I think that is part of it. I do agree. I think, like I said, it's, it's the which came first, the chicken or the egg. It's, it's part the environment, the context we are in, this digital age of, of instant gratification on both sides. The employer knows they can always replace you. There's always someone sending in applications that is just as qualified as you are. And, and the employee knows that there's always something else out there's, there. There's that always a better candidate around the corner because it's on again, both th- sides. think about so the way employers got resumes back in the day. At any given time, you probably had 10 resumes sitting on your you desk. Now you have hundreds. Now you, hundreds? You've got thousands. Yeah. There's always a better candidate. So if your number one motivation is to, to the survival of the organization, a better candidate a better girl, a hotter girl is always within like one, cl- it's one click away. And and that is part of the problem. And it's it's a big part of the problem. And it I think that mindset though bleeds over. And this is why you see like from your dating analogy, people who don't know how to be in relationships, who don't know how to compromise, who don't know how to fight, who don't know how to have conversations. Because why bother? If you piss me the fuck off, I'll just ghost you and meet someone else and get a different dick. Thank you. Move the fuck on. We finally got on the same page. My point is, is that is... It is bad behavior 
that is going to hurt the corporations and it's hurting both it's hurting both parties. And yes, it's partly environment that they can't control, like the, the time that we're in. But part of it, they can. They can get off the websites. They can slow down. They can choose to invest in the person that they with. So, like, so you're going to give up Instagram. You're going to give up Facebook. I'm saying you're I'm, gonna I'm, I'm not going to go get on on Tinder and start swiping because I already got a man and I'm not going to get on there so, and so start seeing if, what's if better man, out there. If your man died, even though I know on, I let, can probably land a, a millionaire guy. out there who, <laughs> who, who I don't have to work so hard for. So let, let me paint an analogy. Your man dies. I die. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're like, oh, fuck these apps. Fuck these apps. I want to meet a man organically. Okay. Because I want, hold on, I'm hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I want to build meaningful don't relationships. Don't get caught up in the hype. Like, once you settle on someone, people don't know how to commit. It's the habit, not the tool. I'm not saying don't use the measures that you have at your disposal. So this is what I said, and and I'm going to remake my points again with this analogy now top of mind, okay? People don't know how to connect and commit as a function of this new app digital economy we're in. I am saying that a lot of times employees are coming into these roles, into these jobs, into these situations. Just incompetent. Just incompetent and not fully understanding the nature of competition you're having to overcome. It's not just one, two, or three people. It's the thousands of people who are on the resume. And if I, as an employer, I'm just, it's all guesswork, just me, 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 more picking, and I realize that I picked the wrong chick and this chick crazy, <laughs> I'm going back into that very, very robust candidate pool going, how do who I next? replace who next? Thank you. Versus next. versus in the 1950s, I did not uh, have that. So I was stuck with this motherfucker for 30 years <laughs> as a function of the economy or, or the or the world we were so in. So you don't think so think about professors right now who can't get tenure. They're hiring more part-term I will, I will professors. You, I will tell you that tenure is a cancer to the education and a hidden tax on students because it allows incompetent professors to just kind of coast and ride away because they know they can never get fired. What about just hiring professors full-time versus getting all these temp professors who don't give a fuck, who don't have the resources that they Because now our conversation is getting really good. I would say fuck tenure, open up the marketplace to competition so good professors can survive, thrive, and we figure out who they are because the students rate them based on the level of... Of but that's not what's happening. What they're doing is hiring temp professors because, who work part time at these, six different universities. Because you got all these tenured motherfuckers who won't let go, and there's only so much there, capital no to go around. There's no professors left anymore. There still is. No, COVID, not really. COVID did not mean they got no, no, no. lost. I, I am saying that I'm saying that that habit has died out. Most universities, when you go, when they go and look, it is ninety percent temp professors now. And they're working at five because, to six different universities to try to make it cost too much. I'm saying they're doing it to cut costs because they can pay that temp so, professor so, minimum wage versus paying. So, so even listen, if they listen, weren't even listen to what you're saying, babe. There, there's all these online, online education, online universities, online this where you can get a certified degree and less from the comfort of your own home. So no one needs to go to a university anymore. What happens? Enrollment rate drops. 
You've got all these tenure professors who fuck your enrollment rates and fuck the fact that your industry has been highly like penetrated by all these online universities who, by the way, have no buildings they have to pay a mortgage or rent on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Think about that shit for a second. You've got these tenure professors you can't get rid of and your enrollments just went by half because now you can't compete. The only way to bring in fresh, fresh new teachers and professors is through this temp program. So, yes, more universities are having to hire temp professors who then leads them to not feel appreciated. Man, I can't get full time position here. The pay sucks. My company don't give a fuck about me. The university don't give all the narratives come about because you, the employee, the employee do not understand how the competition is affecting your your field, your industry. So you're thinking it's your university be mad at you and I want to take care of you or validate you or whatever narrative you fucking on. It's all a product of this system we're in. The online disposable income. I mean, disposable workforce. I mean, it is disposable. I think you and I are, we're, we're on agreement on the disposable workforce. I think we're on different sides on what caused it and what the ramifications of this can and will be. I will tell you the ramifications. Okay. We're on the same side. We, we actually agree on more than you think we do. And I think we've said the same thing a lot. The slight nuance is, 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 is in the point that I'm making here that most employees are just not aware of marketplace dynamics. A lot of people ask me why I moved careers and why at this point in my life, I decided to switch my career because I was in the fitness space for the longest time. And I said, because market dynamics outweigh individual performance. And they're like, what does that mean? I said, a shitty general manager in an industry that has been plowed with disruption Okay, in a, a a solid general manager in a dying industry, still looks shitty because he can't help perform the shitty industry or the dying or the industry on the downward yeah. slope. Yeah. Versus a shitty general manager in an industry catching the uptrend. Now the motherfucker looks good. Yeah, makes sense. He looks like he knows what he's doing, even though he does not. Just I'm a good I'm wave. a competent GM trying to catch a good wave. So I jump off and it's not a function of my company. Don't give a fuck about me. They just can't outrun the market dynamics, especially if you're in that mid tier fitness space. That's where we're at. (laughs) Hey, it is what it is. It is is what it is, mate. (laughs) If you enjoyed our conversation today, about the disposable workforce let us know what your thoughts are did you agree with me or did you agree with sarah i probably already know what you motherfuckers think most of you probably (laughs) agree with sarah (laughs) typically how this shit goes (laughs) deji we don't give a fuck about you we are at the side of anyway if you like what you heard leave us a five-star rating on whatever audio platform you get your podcast on Ah, we're disposable, ah, we babe. Don't, <laughs> don't even fuck with it. We're disposable. 
<laughs> Let them do what they want. It's all forces of the market. This is my point. If I'm about to dispose of you. So you if know, there's a podcast like, out there that's better than what we're given, they don't give a fuck about us. You know, up, man, trade <laughs> it's up. Disposable. We are the product of market forces beyond our control. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time.